hosting the Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Long about technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. As it says on the box, we keep it simple here. My name's Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. And joining me each and every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. Good to be here with you. Mate, uh, episode 77, where, I mean, we need to start thinking about the big century. We need to start thinking about the celebration. Maybe Absolutely. we need. We do an OB, an off site. Oh, we'll have to do something special, mm. Trevor. Mm. We'll have to think about that. And we're, we're welcoming suggestions. We're open to invitations e- at exotic locations well, exactly. around the world. Or I was going to say around the world, to be clear. <laughs> uh, as always, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, connecting with innovation. We've got a stack to talk about tonight, including a whole range of things and Stephen's famous and very popular minute reviews at the very end. So stick around for Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 77. <laughs> Now, this GoldenEye, you know, the James Bond thing, would it be the perfect thing to watch GoldenEye on a golden TV? I was a little bit shocked this week to see um, we were invited to an event with Samsung and unveiling their biggest ever TV, and I thought to myself, do they mean biggest in size or is this their biggest thing? So I kind of thought maybe it was the OLED, but it turned out it was this 75-inch $10,000 LED TV, which is absolutely magnificent to look at, and the picture quality you know, matches the price tag. Um, it's a it's a stunning looking thing. You were there. You had a good look at it, mate. This is this is a this is an eye to a real eye opener. And seventy five inches. My God, whose lounge room is that big? Well, it's uh, well, mine certainly is, and I made that <laughs> well very clear to Samsung at the event. Um, but uh, it is a stunning television. It, it is. It's hard to miss. It's a big. It's one hundred and ninety centimeters in in yeah. the metric measurements there. But uh, no, it is. It is. A, it's a premium TV, and it's it's made out of. Uh, it's got a row. The color of it is rose gold. So it's got that little tinge to it you know just, uh, to put the... that, yeah, just looking at it at the frame and the and the stand it has that premium look yeah, to it, yeah. hence the price tag the size the, um, the size is very, an interesting thing very mate. thin thin bezel though it's 7.9 mil yeah. so it's once the tv is actually turned on the, the frame fades into the background so you, all you get is picture you put that size in perspective right 190 centimeters if the thing was standing diagonally from one corner to the other it's taller than the more than the average person that's massive okay. It is. It's it's big. Well, uh, and and it, it's the picture quality is obviously the, the Samsung's picture quality. The smart the smarts to it. All the smart interactions are also included. But this is a to to appreciate it. You really need to stand in front of it. The, the, they've got the micro dimming happening, which is that breaks up the screen into more than five hundred pieces and and optimizes the contrast and the clarity in each of those parts of the screen. So you're really getting uh, the best picture that Samsung have produced. It's also got all the, the smart interactions as well. So with the camera and the microphone that actually retract it in the top part of the frame. So at the very top of the TV, you just – 
uh, it's a little toggle switch where then the camera slides up, mm. and then when once you're done with that, you can actually slide it away just to keep the sort of the clean look of the television as well. For ten grand, I want that to pop up automatically on the press of a button. <laughs> You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, for <laughs> ten, and, and they should wash your car once a week too for that price. Yeah, as well. frankly, I, I told them. But, I wanted um, to, the, to do the dishes no, it's, for it's, me. Look, it's it's not for everyone. This TV, obviously, nah. you got to first of all have the room for it and the budget for it. Yeah, um, but is. There's a lot of other choices on the market. Well, like the, I reviewed the 60-inch plasma a week ago, and that that's that's six thousand dollars cheaper. It's only 15 inches smaller. Hmm. So yeah, you'd really want to be. And like I said, this has got all the bells and whistles. So there's nothing they've left out of this television. So if you've got the money and you want a big TV, this is Samsung's best TV they've ever produced. Well, what about this for, for, a, for a thought process, right? And you would get these same calls on 2GB that I, I get on 2 where People say, look, I'm tossing up between two TVs, and they say um, yeah. one of them is uh, you know a 50-inch plasma, and the other one's a 42-inch LED. Yeah. Um, they're around the same price, da, da, da. and you say to them, look, in the end, do you just want a big TV? And they say, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so you just say, get the big TV, yeah? That's fine. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because when you think about 10 grand, right, who's got 10 grand in their kicker? Come uh, October, November this year, the OLEDs that we saw and talked about earlier in the year at CES, the super thin, four millimeter thick, thin um, actual TV and this new bright technology, beautiful picture. If you've got 10 grand, do you get a 55 or 60, whatever it's going to be, but probably much smaller, bottom line, OLED TV to really knock your socks off for someone that knows their stuff? Or do you buy the 75-inch to blow the minds of anyone who can just see the size of the TV? I that's reckon it's a really point. interesting thing. Uh, that, that's, that's, uh, you're exactly right. I think if we'll, if you've got 10000 budgeted away for a TV, you're going pretty well. So <laughs> yeah. it's nice to know you've got some choices for a start. And we're happy to help you if, shop. If you're traveling that well, you can probably buy both. But yeah. <laughs> let's just uh, – let's just. but there's a very good argument, though. You've got to remember, though, the OLED, while it's really slim and sexy and it's only like – I think the Samsung one's going to be 8 or 9 millimeters thick because it's that's all TV. I think that the LG TV that was 4 millimeters thick – all the smarts of the TV the and base. all the inputs were all in the built into the mm, stand, mm, mm. so they kind of did a little bit of uh, bit of a bit of trickery there. But the Samsung TV is going to be ultra thin, but it's going to be a lot smaller. It's going to be twenty inches smaller. I think it's going to be a fifty-five inch TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you go for the screen size or the screen thickness? It's uh, it'd be a good dilemma to have if you have got ten thousand dollars handy. Anyway, I'm Jim. prepared to say to the good people at Samsung, Richard, our friend there, and all the other people, here's what we'll do: we'll take an OLED and we'll take. The I'll gold. take the seventy-five. You can have a look at the OLED and no, we'll swap. No, Is that hey, what you do? Six hey, months at your place, six months at my place. Can I, we suggest that? Or? Do you know what I was going to say, mate? I don't have room for either of the bloody things. Let's put them in the tech <laughs> guide. <do. laughs> exactly, we'll put them in the tech guide headquarters in the in the uh, in the lab there. The theater lab and let's put them side by side because it's a very interesting thing to think about what you know for for viewing quality you know in in a standard lounge room that has this kind of space i wonder what's better because the oled is a pretty stunning picture but 75 inches will blow your mind so i I actually really would love to see them side by side and i I would too that's a good suggestion and i hope our good friends at samsung are listening Mm. i have room to have them side by side in the tech guide home theater Well, you can read all about the uh, 75-inch Samsung LED TV. And remember, everyone, size doesn't matter. It's not important. And uh, <laughs> and you can read more about it at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
Well, as we know, Avatar, the most successful film of all time uh, from our good friend James Cameron. Jimmy. Is finally coming out on Blu-ray in 3D. Mm. Now, uh, this is... Avatar was a massive hit, obviously, in the cinemas, but also a massive hit on Blu-ray, but it was only released initially in 2D, and Fox uh, overnight have announced a 3D collector's edition that will be released on October the 24th, which is great news for everyone wanting to view Avatar as it was intended, intended to be viewed yeah. and as it was shown in the cinemas. Hmm. Uh, but one little, little note, it, it isn't actually the first time Avatar's been released in 3D. There was no. a deal between 20th Century Fox and Panasonic I think about a year ago, maybe even even more, even longer ago than that, uh, where certain Panasonic plasma televisions had a 3D copy of Avatar bundled into the package. So, what that did, it created this limited edition, a limited amount of copies of Avatar in 3D that were suddenly then appearing on eBay for mm, mm. up to two hundred dollars. So here, Twentieth Century Fox finally now bringing it out. It's really going to kill that eBay market. It is, but you know, the bottom line it was a hard, it was bloody hard to get a hold of, and you want to be able to, and you can pre-order these things at JB Hi-Fi. Um, so, bottom line, if you've got a Blu-ray 3D player and a, and a 3D TV, this is finally, this is probably the ultimate thing to have sitting next to the TV, so that you can show off your 3D TV to your mates, because Absolutely, this is yeah. this is really, uh, you know, the the ultimate 3D movie, just because of you know James Cameron, the, the work and the the technology he puts into 3D, and the fact that you know this thing was shot to be 3D without any shadow of a doubt. This is this is going to be a glorious picture if you can uh, if you've got the technology to support it. It is, and I think uh, if. Uh, I'm of you know I'm a big fan of projectors too, and 3D huh. projectors are, are, are getting better by the minute. And uh, this would be just the ultimate showcase of, of a, as not only a 3D TV but a 3D projector, just to really recreate that cinema feeling. So um, I think this is there's been a lot of Blu-ray 3D already released, mm-hmm. and there are only there, there's no kind of landmark film that's been out in 3D. I think Titanic when it's out uh, later this year, I think it's out in September will have uh, have that kind of effect. Even though it wasn't shot in 3D, it's such a popular film that people are going to really get behind it. But no, this is the showcase 3D yeah. film that may inspire people to view more 3D down the track. Yeah, if, anyone, if anything's going to inspire people to, to pull out their glasses that are collecting dust like mine are or to upgrade and get a, a Blu-ray 3D player, it's, it's Avatar. You know, um, uh, Titanic won't be as brilliant to watch in 3D as Avatar is because it wasn't shot in 3D and it's being enhanced for 3D. But, you know, that's not to say it won't be amazing. But uh, interesting stuff. And as I said, um, um, pre-orders uh, available now yeah. at JB Hi-Fi. This will be a popular release. The, I'll, I'll be lining up to get my copy as well. You're a very, very sad individual, Stephen. <laughs> I, mean, I won't fit, be camping overnight or anything if that's what you're thinking. Fit income Avatar. I'll I mean, be there on day one. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm not even sure I care, to be honest. I saw it in the movies <laughs> Uh, I'm okay with it. You've got a 3D TV, haven't you? And yeah, I, mate, I helped you get it. So yeah. anyway, oh, yeah, what you should be watching it. One day you'll let go of that, mate. One day well, you will. You know, but you I know like what's interesting? Th- I like to help people. What's like interesting I'm, about I like my... to help people like yourself. <laughs> what's interesting about my 3D? Mate, I've got the glasses. I, I don't know where the charger is. I've thrown the uh, charger away. Is it a USB? No, but it's some Your weird... glorious pro- 3D LG TV? It's proprietary, some extra you know, weird thing on the LG oh. glasses. It's not like a micro USB or anything. So I'm completely stuffed. I can never actually turn it on. I wanted to we'll check it out during the Olympics. To uh, help you out there, Trevor. All right, uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 77. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. 
Now, um, I, the one thing I, I enjoy about uh, Rosalind Kogan at kogan.com.au is um, he, he doesn't shy away from any product, really. And he's been in the digital radio game since very early on. Um, he's, he's got an absolutely beautiful, uh, what he calls the deluxe internet radio for 179 It's the ugliest digital radio you'll ever see, but it is possibly <laughs> the best quality sound you'll hear. Um, but that's 179 bucks. That's a Wi-Fi, internet radio and digital radio and iPhone dock. But just at the lower level, he hasn't had anything that's um, just simple entry level. So 59 bucks. he's released the Pixie digital radio in black and yellow, which essentially to me is probably the pure one mini in size, in shape, and probably in insides. Um, but, you know, nice competitive product there for people who want to buy online. And, you know, it looks like a nice product, and basically it's the portable for the garden, for around the shed or whatever it is. But if yep. you're looking for an internet radio, 59 bucks not a bad price, mate. You can't go wrong. And, and, and one thing about Rosalind Kogan, you mentioned he he's not, he's not, doesn't shy away from creating products. He creates products where there's a market. Mm. And obviously mm. here in Australia, we're really embracing digital radio. Mm. And in the early days, the only barrier to entry was price. Yep. Uh, now the prices are really coming down. People are discovering uh, just how good digital radio is. And, and at $59, uh, you can't go wrong. So it, it's, it's really encouraging people uh, to, to take up and, and to embrace this new format. And hence the reason why Ruslan has released his range uh, at such a competitive price because he knows there's demand. Now, before we talk about, before I mention a, a small problem I have with that device, I'm going to take a moment to plug an event that is on on August the 24th uh, around Australia, Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne, Perth and Adelaide, Digital Radio United. Uh, every radio station in every market is getting together to broadcast. Uh, in Sydney, it's at First Fleet Park. In Melbourne, it's at Federation Square and a whole stack of places around the country. But essentially, it's all the radio stations getting together like they did the day Digital Radio launched uh-huh. um, to celebrate Digital Radio being three years and also celebrate um, Digital Radio being in Toyota cars. Now, I'll give you a little tip, people. All the radio stations in, in those markets are running a competition. If you live in Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide or Perth, you can go to a website, it's digitalradiotoyota.com.au and you can actually enter to win a Camry or a Tara or Orion car. Like, fair can win a car, all you've got to do is enter online with the digital radio built into it. And here's what I love, Stephen, this would be f- bloody hilarious, really. When you enter, you say what your favourite radio station is. I dare you to enter and say your favourite radio station is Two Blokes Talking Tech. It'd just be hilarious if someone won. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? And they were one of our listeners. It's just a random draw. Look, 10 people are drawn in each state, and uh, and one of them has the the winning keys. We're not going to invalidate anyone's entries if they enter as two blokes talking. The the terms and conditions are very clear, mate. You've just got to live in one of those capital cities. But here's my problem with Rosalind Kogan now to take the negative angle. It's a $59 radio. Add it to your shopping cart and put in your postcode. For me, it's 18 bucks delivery. That's a $77 radio. Mm. It kind of takes away from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But so uh, it, it's still competitive, though, for what, what's on the market. I know there are some others that are, that are under. There's a lot of digital radios under 100 bucks. Yeah. The pure no, one mini. Right. If, 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 it's, a, if it's a third of the price, you've got to pay again for yeah. shipping. Well, that's something that he needs to look at. So I think, I think this will be a, a, something that he upsells to people who buy a TV and things. An extra 59 bucks on top of a TV and the sure. postage is going to be included. That's, that's a real win for digital radio. But I think in terms of marketing a product at a price, it's a real difficult thing for online. And I say this all the time whenever I'm doing radio or TV stuff. It's great buying online. It's awesome and it's cheap. But always remember... There's an extra price Shipping. to pay. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. All right, kogan.com.au, and you can read more about it at techguide.com.au. 
And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, who uh, connect with innovation in your home or your small business. It doesn't matter what it is. If you need connectivity in your home, routers, modems, network switches, all these devices, all these products are provided by the good people at Netgear. And some of the things we haven't talked about for a while, if you've got a TV that's smart but it doesn't have Wi-Fi and it's sitting in the other end of the house and therefore there's no plug to plug it into the internet, you can get Wi-Fi adapters so you can plug a little device into the Ethernet cable of your TV and it becomes a Wi-Fi TV and it connects to your Wi-Fi network. These little solutions are the kind of things that Netgear do to enhance your network and provide the internet to all the devices in your home. When you think about this kind of devices and the number of devices that you might have connected today, let alone in the next year to the internet, you've got to make sure your network at home is top quality. So um, look for a Netgear product um, if, you, if you've got Wi-Fi issues at one end of the house and I had this with one of my relatives on the weekend. He's like, I can't get Wi-Fi down there. I said, you need a range extender. That's what you need to ask for, and Netgear have got that product. Netgear.com.au for all the information about all the products in terms of networking. Netgear.com.au, proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Yeah, mate, we got, I don't know, three or four weeks before the... Uh, proposed or assumed Apple announcement date of September 12, which is pretty much locked in now, apart from officially getting an invite. Um, the the iPhone is kind of an, uh, a given now. It's been too long since there's been an iPhone, so it has to come out. But what's interesting is what else, you know? I really want to see a Mac, iMac refresh, and I've been desperately talking about an iPad mini ever since I got my hands on a 7.7 Galaxy, just the, the form factor. And those rumors are continuing quite well in terms of, you know, when rumors continue they they give life to the to the potential product so to be able to continue to see ipad mini rumors um i I think it's a it's it's growing in potential that that it might be announced mate Absolutely, yeah. These are the rumours that they just won't go away. And you're mm. right, where there's smoke, there's fire. Where the, where the rumours yep. persist and you yep. start seeing, hearing details coming from different sources, uh, you, you, you've probably got a right to assume that there's something in it. Yep. Um, and in this case, the iPad mini, uh, from the latest things we're hearing, is that it's going to have more in common with the iPod Touch than the original iPad. Uh, it's there's, Someone's even done some mock-ups where the, the sides are a lot thinner than the frame or, uh, top and bottom, so it looks more like an iPod or an iPhone rather than the consistent frame around the whole device like it, has, like it does with the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, just on the strength, we've spoken about the Nexus. We've spoken about, you mentioned the 7.7. The Kindle Fire in the US is still doing really well. It's obviously a, a size that... Uh, people are, are moving towards uh, mm. the the. It, it's very popular. The Nexus here, I, I know for a fact. I mean, uh, we had a I had a chat with Azus last week, and they were saying the the company who makes the Nexus Seven, and they were saying they couldn't meet their orders. That the, the orders are selling out. The shipments are sold out before they even arrive in the country. Mm. I mean, so that tells me there's a demand for this size. Not that Apple's a sort of company that likes to follow. They're, no. they're a company that, that usually leads. But, but I were- think there's been speculation enough speculation about this device. It's been going for twelve months. Uh, and the this event that we that we are assuming is on in mid September, we all we know it's obviously there's an iPhone due. Will Apple though uh, sacrifice a little bit of the attention they get from that event and sac- and and hand that over to an iPad Mini on the mm. same day? Mm. That's what that's what everyone's wishful thinking is. I'm not sure whether they would do that. They they really want to sort of deliver the message with the iPhone, yep. slam dunk the iPhone, yep. and then possibly have an iPad mini as part of next year's iPad offering 
This is the question I'm asking. That's, what you know, you oh, oh, that's a bloody good point. I'm, I'm at this point. I, if I was at sixty percent that there was an iPad Mini coming out next month, I'm now at twenty percent because the the obvious thing for me now, just thinking through what you've just said, is you're right. Focus on the iPhone. Refresh the Mac range. You know, the iMac with you know th- um, USB three and all those things they've done on Ivy Bridge, and um, and actually keep these rumors going because these rumors help Apple. Don't it's kid healthy, yourself. Absolutely. And then in March next year. Um, frankly, there's no real need to, in, to to release a new iPad because the iPad's a bloody amazing device. Probably refresh it with the new dock and then the, the, actually release an iPad mini. So release you basically, little brother. That's yeah, you, you, get, you get two years out of the new iPad and, uh, and off you go. Oh, I think that's probably, probably very likely, mate. Yeah, well, uh, uh, you know, as as we 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 remember the the last couple of worldwide developer conferences mm. haven't had uh, an iPhone uh, released at those events yep. in yep. twenty eleven and this year because they wanted to focus on the software mm. iOS five, iOS six in this case in this year's WWDC, and I think that they the, the message is clear they don't want to they don't want to crowd that message and with iPhone being such a big device that everyone's waiting for how many people have asked you when's the new oh, iPhone coming out just today 10 times a day let alone how many times Apple gets asked that a day they probably get asked that a hundred times a day this is the, the, the they want to make the iPhone an absolute no-brainer it's going to be there they're going to be lined people lining up for a week to get it uh, and I just can't see the mini. It's going to steal a bit of its thunder, I think, if they release it on the same day. I oh, know, but then I, or I announce it on the same day. In like one in one minute, I, I've swayed myself because then I think. But Christmas, Christmas is a huge time, and if they can if they can hit a two ninety nine or even a two two fifty price point with an iPad, that, that that thing will just sell millions and millions and millions in the lead up to Christmas. So you know, and who's to say people won't buy iPhones and iPad minis? You know, it's it's well, pretty. This is true. Pretty amazing. It's, it's going to be popular. I think yeah. it's 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 the size that. I know the iPad's 9.7, 10-inch, whatever size it is. It's mm. big, uh, and it's not, it's not as easy to put. It's not as pocketable, I think, is a term that I've read a lot. It's not as pocketable as a smaller device like that. Imagine a 7-inch, it fits in your coat pocket or easy to fit in your bag or, well, here, the or reason, even a, a lady's handbag. It fits a lot the easier. The reason I know it works is because I've been, well. carrying, I've been carrying the Samsung Galaxy 7.7 around for six months. Mate, I haven't used it because its its battery's dead, and I just I still can't get myself into the Android ecosystem enough. But I've I've forgotten that it's there because it's so easy to carry around. It's so yeah. small. Do you know what I mean? Because it's in a pocket of my bag. Absolutely. So yeah, look, I think we're both agreed this thing will happen. It's simply oh, a matter, yeah, it's of, will a matter it, of will it be when, next think, month or I, next I year. I think the timing is is something that they've got to decide on. No, no, exactly. All right, uh, I just. I'm desperate to have that resolved. It's quite annoying, really, having rumors, rumors well, that we'll we get asked about all soon, the time. Trevor. That's all. One thing that that's certain: we'll all find out eventually. Exactly. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, m- much of the uh, many of the things we talk about on the program are about tablets and smartphones. It makes up the bulk of uh, mm. what what the material we share here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. And these devices, though, are having an effect on the amount of money we spend oh. uh, on the devices. So yeah. they've become not only our our way of communication, they've also become our shopping carts. Yep. And there's some interesting research released by Juniper, a report by Juniper Research, to say that mobile transactions are soaring and they're going to reach. Seven hundred and fifty billion dollars annually within five years. That's not altogether over five years. Seven fifty billion. That's per year 
by to, by 2017, which is a huge number, and it's driven by the fact that we're embracing the smartphones, but in particular the tablet, and, mm. and it's where we're using the tablet that's having this great effect. A lot of people, uh, consumers, are increasingly sitting in front of their TVs and shopping online at the same time. They've, they've even coined a phrase for this type of behaviour. It's called couch commerce, <laughs> which they say will account for 30 percent of all e-retail purchases within this five-year period. Well, it's interesting. Uh, PayPal uh, announced this week they've done a thing with the co-op bookshops sh- book at the universities where, you know, universities, beginning of semester, it's a nightmare to line up for your books. They've just got a, 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 a kind of a pretend store where it's just a wall you can walk up to and scan a barcode and it just comes up on your phone yeah. and you pay with PayPal oh. and it gets delivered Smart to your idea, room. isn't it? It's just brilliant. And that's the kind of stuff that we don't, we can't even appreciate today. But in five years, we won't, we won't even blink at the fact that you just point your phone and buy and stuff will be delivered the next day or the next week to, to you based on something you've done on your phone without any second thought. Think about how easy it is to spend $2 today on the, on the iTunes store or the App Store or Google Play Store. And, you know, frankly, spending $50 in the future on whatever it is on your mobile phone will become that easy because it is. It is, you're right. And, and it's not only uh, exactly it, digital products that like the apps and games, the things you were just mentioning, but also for physical products too. So physical and digital products uh, are really flying out the door, th- you, people using their mobile to make the transaction. But another part of the report said that the mobile devices could possibly serve as a hub for physical purchases too, for, for, uh, for in-store purchases. Like, you know, we all know retail has their challenges up against online. But the, what, one thing that the, the physical stores has over the online stores is the fact you can go in and touch and feel and pick up the product straight away. Mm. Whereas online, you need to wait. You, you don't know whether you, you can't touch and feel the product. So I think moving forward, the, the, the Myers and Harvey Normans and David Joneses of the world will see that there is a, a, a sweet spot where the two can cross, where the customer can maybe shop at their convenience and then maybe just come in and pick up the product from the store rather than have to pay for shipping and things yep. like that. So I think a smart retailer in the, looking into the future should – probably find a way they can marry the two. Yeah, I'll wrap it up by saying exactly that. I think that Harvey Norman's future relies on me being able to, to on my phone, my iPad or my computer, say, I want this product and I'm coming, tell me which store it's available at and I'm going to tick a box and I'm going to be there this afternoon to pick it up because there's a huge number of people that don't want that shipping price we talked about with Kogan earlier and also they want the immediacy. I want to buy it now. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems, seems a good match to me. Anyway, uh, it's interesting stuff, and you can read more about those uh, Juniper um, research um, results on uh, techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Um Just quickly, before we do your, your little uh, minute reviews, um, I was at a, uh, a work thing today, and I was looking at the bike across the desk from me, and he had his iPhone there, and he had bubbles all over the screen. It made me think, <laughs> I, I take for granted the screen protect that I've now got, and this thing's uh, distributed by the Mac Gear Group in Australia, and it's called the iVisor. It's um, from, is it Moby um, or Moshi? And, uh, and it's, it's actually a standard screen protector that you would normally expect. But instead of having to put it on like you would contact on a book, um, you know, those ones that you've got to lay down and push the bubbles out, this thing actually is only sticky around the edges. So you actually buy a black one or a white one depending on the color of your phone. And the, and the actual protector around the edges is that color. And those are the only parts, those colored parts are the only parts that are sticky. And that makes it a couple of things. It's removable very easily, so you can wash it and rinse it if there's any, you know, 
grit or grime getting on it, but also there's absolutely no bubbles in this thing. So there's absolutely not a single sign on the screen here on my phone using an yep. eye visor, and that's what this thing's called, the but isn't, eye isn't visor. isn't that one of the biggest frustrations with those screen protectors? And every case you buy mm. has got one in it. Yes. But how many people could be bothered putting it on because it's so fiddly and so tricky? I'm amazed how many people leave them on after putting bubbles. It's just frustrating. I couldn't stand to be looking that all day, at no, that all day. No, exactly. So the eye visor, this thing's called, you can get it uh, at, at some some of the um, uh, Nextbyte and Mac uh, Mac shops around the country, and you can look it up at, Net, at Mac Gear Australia. Um, it's twenty nine ninety nine. You can actually get it for the iPad and the MacBook as well. So I've got one on my iPad on and on my iPhone, um, and after a couple of days, you don't notice it's there. The only the only thing I notice is the the home button feels deeper because it's it's quite a thick protector in the scheme of things. So you can actually feel the thickness of it when you put your finger on the home oh, button. So it covers but, the home button too. Yeah, it's it. Well, okay. there's a hole for the home button oh, because okay. because the oh, home it's, button it's it's yeah you need to push it deeper. a bit further. Oh, yeah, I see. You can feel that your finger's going deeper, and it's something Steve Jobs would just go, "My God, how sure. dare you!" But um, but you <laughs> okay. get used to it anyway. I visor, and uh, you can check it out online. And uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two blokes talk- You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Rightio. I I must get that drum roll effect. I'll say it every week until I do. Two products, mate, this week. And the first one, um, we can't publish the review you sent me, but but the Elgato Thunderbolt solid-state drive. Tell me about this one. Yes, well, Elgato, well-known for making Mac products, uh, TV tuners and things like that, but they've entered the uh, hard drive portable hard drive space, and in particular, the SSD space, so solid-state drives, connected with Thunderbolt. Now, Thunderbolt, while it's new and it's fast and it's brilliant, it's not very cheap, unfortunately. Mm. Elgato, one of the first in the market to release the 120 gig and 240 gig capacity drives. Uh, they're in a, in a nice metallic case, so and because there's no moving parts, they're quite durable, so really good if you're on the go with video material. Uh, if you're a photographer, graphic designer, you need to carry your material gets on and off the, your device up to 270 megabytes per second, which is super fast. Uh, pretty small. It's, it's like an oversized iPhone is the size. But the down th- downside of this product is the price. <laughs> the 120 gig model is $550. Whoa. The 240 gig is $900. You'd have to be uh, These prices are recommended retail. So you're probably going to get a better deal in store, but... Still, there are products coming into the market now. I saw uh, Buffalo have a, a one terabyte Thunderbolt drive that's cheaper than these. So Elgato uh, really need to have a look at the pricing. But in terms of speed and performance, second to none. Excellent. That's stunning. They must have the worst buying power for SSD or flash in, in the history of the world or the worst decision on, on pricing. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Elgato Thunderbolt SSD, you can read about that at techguide.com.au. Now, mate, bring it home with the uh, the WD MyNet. Right. Well, this is another hard drive. I didn't realise we're doing hard drives tonight. It's two blokes talking hard drives. But mm. Western Digital, WD for sure. We know them as, as an external hard drive manufacturer. But with the MyNet N900, they've added a router to the mix. So they've made uh, this a wireless router, like your regular router, but mm-hmm. with a difference. It's got a either a one terabyte or two terabyte hard drive. And what that does, the advantage is that it makes whatever material is on those hard drives accessible wirelessly by other products on the network. So mm-hmm. it sort of combines two products in one uh, and, and helps uh, 
to distribute that material. It even can prior. It's a dual band, so it can prioritize. There's technology to prioritize things like HD movies, games, so that you get the fastest possible speed, no lag. Gives you your content on any device within your wireless network. So uh, one and two terabyte capacities. Three nine nine ninety nine for the one terabyte. Four ninety nine ninety nine. Let's call that five hundred for the two terabyte version. More information at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And that's a wrap, episode 77. You can find all of Stephen's uh, news, reviews and information at techguide.com.au. You can listen to my weekly podcast at yourtechlife.com. And if you've got a question about anything technology, get in touch, yourtechlife.com. Stephen, thanks for the chat. We'll talk again next week. Uh, and we should advise people, I can't confirm what day of the week next week it'll be because you've got a big trip on. I've got to be in Melbourne, but we will churn out episode 78. It might just be a different time of the week, but we'll come to that next week. Not a problem. Thanks, Trevor. We look forward to it. 